And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at New Covenant, and I'm so thankful that you've decided uh, to join us online uh, this morning. I want you to know that the the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is here with us. He dwells in your life. He dwells in my life, and so we are connected uh, by that. Even though we're social distancing and we're far apart physically, um, we have the same Father, we have the same Jesus Christ whom we love and adore. And so thank you so much uh, for joining us online this morning. Um, I want to read a scripture uh, to you this morning out of Psalm chapter 91. And we we referenced it last week, but I wanted to, to read it this week as an encouragement to all of us uh, to continue to trust in God and to put our, our faith, our hope, our trust in Him as He continues to give us peace uh, amidst all the chaos and, and the panic. So I'm going to read out of Psalm uh, 91 in the Message Bible this morning. It says, you who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps and shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing. Not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around and drop like flies left and right, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. You'll watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge. The high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through your door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk around unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if only if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw a party. I'll give you a long life and give you a long drink of salvation. And so I really do uh, want to encourage all of us uh, this morning as we move forward in the weeks ahead to continue to trust that God is our provider, that he is our safety. Uh, Just like Psalm 91 said, that no evil will befall us or any plague come near our dwelling, that we will be safe amidst everything going on. And so I pray that you would be at peace uh, this week and next and in the weeks to come. And you know, I am, there is something about all of this um, that has excited me a little bit. And that is this, that last year in 2019, we spent a lot of time and energy. We spent some resources on upgrading our online presence. And uh, we had no idea. I mean, it was never even a thought in my mind when I said, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this and we're going to expand and we're going to grow this thing. We never once in a million years thought so that we could have nobody in our sanctuary and only be talking to people online. That was never even a thought. And I'm encouraged to know that, that God knows 
exactly what's going to happen in the future. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He orders our steps before we even lived out one day. He knows what's going to happen. And so he saw into 2020. He knows about this virus, and he knows how it's all going to turn out. So I am thankful uh, this morning that we can trust God and know that he loves us, he cares about us, and he knows what's ahead of us. And so let's remember that this morning, that he holds the whole world in his hands, and we can be confident that our future is bright with him. The best is yet to come. Let's continue to believe that together as a church. So over these last few weeks leading up to Easter, we've been talking about a sermon series, and uh, it's called Last Words. And Last Words, we, we've subtitled it Words of Christ from the Cross. And uh, this morning, the, the scripture that I've chosen uh, to talk about uh, this morning, it was one that I had originally planned to skip because between Ash Wednesday and Easter, uh, there's actually more Sundays uh, than the things that Jesus said on the cross. There's fewer Sundays, excuse me, than what Jesus actually said on the cross. And so I kind of had to pick and choose which ones we would use. But I thought with everything going on uh, in our world today that we would choose uh, this scripture today uh, to talk about. So let's look at John uh, chapter 19, uh, verse 25. It says this, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, which is John, by the way, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. So there's three things uh, that I want to talk about this morning uh, that we find in this scripture. And, And here they are. Mary stood by Jesus, Mary, the mother of Jesus, stood by Jesus during his suffering. Jesus provided for his mother during his time of suffering, and Jesus trusted his disciple. So let's look at these three things uh, this morning. First of all, Mary, the mother of Jesus, stood by his side during his greatest suffering. There were some friends, there were some relatives, there were people there standing with Mary that were standing and and watching Jesus as he was hanging on this cross. And so they stood by his side at a time when the disciples ran, at a time when, uh, you know, Peter was denying that he even knew Jesus. We have John and we have some of these women who were actually standing there and watching their Lord and Savior die on a cross. And if you think about that, it would be very tough to watch somebody who you care about deeply suffer in anguish and agony and and dying on a cross. This had to be tough. This had to be tough on Mary, the mother of Jesus, and those standing by. And I believe that it was grace that gave these faithful followers strength during this time of trial and distress. You know, the Bible doesn't talk about Mary, you know, wringing her hands or, or pulling out her hair or, or, or ripping her clothes in mourning or anything like that, that a lot of times you might see in the Bible. She didn't throw ash on her head and she, she didn't do any of those things. She simply stood by the cross. Uh, she simply stood at the feet of Jesus and God gave them grace during this time to stand firm. 
Look at 2 Corinthians 12. It says, so that I would not become, this is Paul talking to the church at, at Corinth, and he says this, he says, so that I would not become too proud of the wonderful things that were shown to me, a painful physical problem was given to me. This problem was a messenger from Satan sent to beat me and keep me from being too proud. I begged the Lord three times to take this problem away from me. But he said to me, my grace is enough for you. When you are weak, my power is made perfect in you. So I'm very happy to brag about my weaknesses. Then Christ's power can live in me. And for this reason, I am happy when I have weaknesses, insults, hard times, sufferings, and all kinds of troubles for Christ. Because when I am weak, then I am truly strong. So Paul tells us in these scriptures that when we are weak, God is strong in us. And so during this time of suffering, during this time of weakness, God gave John and Mary and, and these relatives and friends the strength to be able to stand up under these difficult times. Here they see their Lord and Savior, their son, uh, dying on the cross for them. And they stood by and they watched it. In that moment, God gave them grace. Grace to be able to stand in that moment. And we too, during this current time of suffering, we're all going through something different. We might be handling this situation that we're in the middle of. Some of us may be just fine. Some of us may be panicking a little bit. Some of us may be having some anxiety and some fear rise up inside of us. But here's my encouragement. We can receive God's grace to stand strong in the power of his might. When we are weak, God's strength is alive in us. I know that you're clapping and amening from home. You keep it up. You just go ahead. Whatever you got to do, you clap. I'm going to keep on preaching, but I know you're amening at home. Look at Ephesians 6.13. It says, that is why you need to put on God's full armor. Then on the day of evil, you will be able to stand strong. And when you have finished the whole fight, you will be standing. You and I, we can put on the full armor of God. You and I, we can put on the full armor of God so that we can stand up, so that we can stand strong, no matter the distress, no matter the distraction, no matter the attack from the enemy. You and I can stand firm. We can stand strong and know that in our weakness, God is strong. That in our weakness, he shows in our lives that he is strong in us and through us. I know that in my life, in many areas, I am weak. And so I have to trust in God. God, I know that in this moment, in this time, with whatever it is, God, that I am weak. And so I'm looking to you to be my strength. So what does it mean when we say, let's put on the full armor of God? Well, the full armor of God, you can read about it in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. But real quickly, the belt of truth, that's one thing that we can equip ourselves is the truth of God's word. And in a time like this, we should be standing on God's word and believing his promises. Uh, the Bible talks about the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace. You go ahead and say that at home right now. Say peace, the gospel of peace in a world that is panicked and chaotic and out of order. We can have peace because of what Jesus Christ has given us in the gospel. There's the shield of faith, the helmet 
of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and of course, prayer. We should be praying during this time so that we can stand firm against all that is coming at us. I would encourage you this week to read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 and increase your faith to stand strong during this tough time. So not only does Mary stand by Jesus' side, but Jesus provided for his mother. Check this out. Jesus provided for his mother during his time of suffering. Jesus said this, woman, behold your son. So here's the thing. Jesus is hanging from a cross. He's dying. And he looks out into the crowd and he sees John. And he, the, he not the Baptist, excuse me. He sees John, his disciple. He sees, he sees Mary, his mother. And he sees them and his heart is full of compassion. And he sees that here is his mother who after he leaves this, this earth and dies, that he's all, she's all alone. And so he has compassion while he's hanging from the cross. While he's in this distress, he cares greatly for them. Jesus was suffering on the cross. God turned his back on him. We talked about that last week. But Jesus, man, Jesus still saw the suffering that others were enduring. Look at this. In his distress, Jesus cared for others. I mean, wrap that around your mind for a minute. In his distress, Jesus cared for others. He was hanging on a cross, dying, willingly giving his life. And he looked out in the crowd and he saw the people that he cared about. And in his distress, he cared for others. Look at Philippians 2. It says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of spirit of the spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, agree with each other, love each other, be deep spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. So here's Jesus dying on a cross and sees the needs of other people. And he puts their needs at the forefront of his mind. Look at 1 John 3, 16 through 18. It says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So here's something to think about. In our distress, we can care for others. In our time of distress, even in this moment of uncertainty and doubt and maybe fear and anxiousness and trying not to be overwhelmed with all that is going on, in our distress, you and I, we can care for others. You say, yeah, but what can I do? I mean, I'm not supposed to like leave. Uh, I'm not just going to go door to door and just say, hey, my name is so-and-so. What can I help? Like, what do you, what do you mean, Josh? What am I supposed to do? Well, you could reach out to your friends your family, 
your neighbors. You can, you can call someone. You can text somebody. You can uh, send an encouraging note. You can say, hey, I'm going to go to Walmart or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a run. Uh, is there anything that I can get you? Um, and find some ways to, to pray with others. As, as people are living in fear, maybe they'll open up and tell you, like, yeah, I've really been struggling with whatever. Will you pray with me? Will you send me some scriptures? Maybe you start a, a, a list, a text message list, and you send a scripture out, you know, to some of your family or friends or, or some people. I don't know what it looks like, but in our distress, we can care. We can care for others. When Jesus said, woman, behold your son, he was talking to his mother and he wasn't talking about himself. He was talking, he's saying, he's saying, woman, Mary, behold your son, John. He's saying, listen, my time on this earth is about over. I want you to notice your son, John. And then he says, and you behold your mother. And so he calls Mary woman, not mother. It's not out of disrespect, uh, but I think it's because mother would have cut even deeper in a heart that was already wounded and filled with grief. He speaks as one that was now no more in this world, but was already dead to the things of this world. So he tells her to look upon John as her son. Sometimes when God removes or when a comfort is removed from us, uh, he raises up comfort from somewhere else. Isaiah 49 says this, Then you will say to yourself, Who gave me all of these children? I was sad and lonely, defeated and separated from my people. So who reared these children? I was left all alone. Where did all these children come from? Now, taken all by itself, Isaiah 49 might seem a little obscure. It's like, Josh, what are, what's going on here in this, uh, in this scripture? Um, this is actually uh, a prophetic word. Um, this is a prophetic word uh, by Isaiah that, that really what it's talking about is that the church uh, would be replenished, that the church uh, would have these great numbers added to it, that salvation would not belong just to the nation of Israel, uh, but would belong to all who would believe. Uh, so when he's saying, who are, where, who are these children? Where are these children? It's really a reference to Christians. Where did all of these people, like the nation of Israel, that was God's plan to restore humanity and, and God's plan of like a holy nation. But when Jesus came, right, the whole idea was that salvation is free for all who would believe. And so when one comfort may be taken away, when it may seem like there is no hope, God always brings us something else that will comfort us. Even Isaiah in a prophetic word that, hey, this plan has not been working out so well, but there will be a church or there will be children. You and I are the, the children of God. There will be these children that will be there and they will keep the message alive that Jesus Christ came to this earth, that he loves us, that he forgave us of our sin. So we can be comforted during this time by our family in Christ. When one comfort is taken from us, God provides in another way. Surely you felt at some point or another that some comfort has been taken away from you. I mean, when restaurants close and, and you're not supposed to meet in groups of 10 or more and, and life, you know, schools aren't in session. Maybe you're not going to work right now. There's all this anxiety. You don't know if you're going to have a paycheck. Like there's all these comforts. I mean, toilet paper, diapers, bottle water. I mean, these comforts that we enjoy, that we have access to all the time, have all of a sudden been taken away from us. 
but we can find comfort in the fact when these comforts are taken away, there is someone else there to comfort us. Jesus Christ, who sticks closer than a brother. He'll never leave you or forsaken you. And he's given us a family. Life is better together. Josh, how can you say that? We're socially distant from one another. That's fine, but you're not spiritually distant from one another. We are connected as brothers and sisters in the family of God. And so we have one another to comfort each other, to love one another, to encourage one another. So do not feel like you are all alone and that all these comforts have been taken away because God will always send us something else to comfort us. And so right now, it's always been here. The family God has always been here. Jesus Christ has always been here. We've always had that comfort, but now more than ever, we have time to reflect and to see that, hey, God, you never leave me. You never forsake me. All of these other things may fade. All of these other things may be taken away, but God, you will never leave me. You'll never forsake me. And that's something to get excited about. Christ also teaches to provide in this this scripture. He also teaches us to provide to the utmost of our ability for the comfort of our parents. Provide for our parents. When David was in distress, he took care of his parents and found out a shelter for them. In 1 Samuel 22, it says, from there, David went to Mitzpah and Moab and spoke to the king of Moab. And he said, please let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God is going to do for me. Jesus was helping his mother. Children should help their parents. Children should help their parents. Not enable them to make more choice, poor choices, and that's another topic for another day. But Jesus saw John, he saw his mother, and he was moved with compassion, and he wanted his mother to be taken care of. And I think that's something, and you see it as, as parents age and, and get older, that that should be a desire of all of us to want to take care of our parents. And even if they're not older, and even if they're not, uh, you know, at that age where they're soon going to be passing from this earth, we should still want to honor and respect and do all that we can to help our parents. And finally, Jesus trusted his disciple. Jesus said to John, behold your mother. What was he saying? He was saying, be a son to guide her and do not forsake her when she is old. Proverbs 23, 22 says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not forget your mother when she is old. Don't forget your mother when she is old. Don't forget, abandon, or forsake your mother. Don't forsake your elderly family. Don't forsake those in your family who are there, that God has placed there in your life for a reason. I know sometimes things happen and and people start not talking to family members or there's unforgiveness and there's other things. Listen, think about this at the end of the day. Does any of that really matter? Wouldn't you rather have forgiveness in your heart towards any of your family members and have a care and compassion for them to never forget them, never abandon them, never forsake them? And so this is the example that Jesus is giving us while he's dying on the cross. While he is in distress, he has care for others around him. And you know, this was an honor for John. And it was a testimony to his loyalty and compassion. And I've got news for you and I today. It's a great honor to be entrusted with Jesus' interests in this world. Look at Matthew 28. It says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. 
God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day, right up to the end of the age. So we have here the great commission. We have all been entrusted by Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations. That's what he he was entrusting to John, the care of his mother. And that is important. And Jesus has entrusted to all of us this commission, this task of making disciples of all the nations. You know, I gave us a challenge at the beginning of the year uh, to read our Bibles every day. And I hope you're still doing that. I, it's middle March, uh, you know, we're 10 weeks into the year. And I hope you're spending time every day reading God's word and diving into God's word. I hope you're doing that. And if you're not, I would encourage you to do so. You know, you're going to be tempted over the course of the next few weeks to just binge watch Netflix or Hulu and just absorb mindless content. And that's okay. Sometimes that's what you need. I get that. But I would encourage you uh, to sign up for Right Now Media. You saw a video about that earlier. I would encourage you to sign up for that. And, and you don't even have to binge watch it, but maybe just watch something with your spouse or with your kids or, or, or maybe just talk to someone on the phone and be like, hey, you want to watch this like with me? Like even though we're far apart or whatever, like then we can just dialogue or maybe talk about it afterwards or whatever, but find a way to connect with scripture. Find a way to dive into God's word. It takes 21 days to form a good habit. It only takes three to form a bad habit, but it takes 21 days to form a good habit. And uh, chances are you've probably got 21 days ahead of you where you could read your Bible every day. I would encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to sign up for right now media. And so in this scripture, the, the last little bit, it says that John took Mary to his home, to his home. He took Mary to his home. It just, that's just kind of how it says, John took Mary to his home. And here's the thing, he did this without uh, talking about the trouble or the, the expenses or his obligations to his own family or how inconvenient this may have been. He was just ecstatic to do what God had asked him to do. Here's the thing, those who love Jesus will be glad to do anything for Jesus or for those he loves. I'm going to say that again. Those who love Jesus will be glad to do anything for Jesus or for those he loves. In closing this morning, let's be people who care about what Jesus cares about. Jesus trusts us to do the work that he has commanded for us to do. I want to read one more passage of scripture out of Matthew uh, chapter 25 this morning. Uh, it's probably something that you've read and that you have, have heard before, but I want to read this to you, and I want you to be thinking about this during our time and, and all the things that, that we just talked about, but I think this is a great passage of scripture to close on this morning. When he finally arrives, blazing in beauty and all his angels with him, the Son of Man will take his place on his glorious throne. 
Then all the nations will be arranged before him and he will sort the people out. Much as a a shepherd sorts out sheep and goats, putting sheep to his right and goats to his left. And the king will say to those on his right, enter you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are gonna say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever uh, see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Then he will turn to the goats, the one on his left, and say, get out, you worthless goats. Forgot, uh, you're good for nothing but the fires of hell. It's pretty stern. And why? Well, here's why. I was hungry and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was homeless, you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. I was sick and in prison and you never visited. Then those goats are gonna say, Master, uh, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and did not help? And he'll answer them, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you failed to do one of these things for someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me, you failed to do it to me. Then those goats will be herded to their eternal doom, but the sheep to their eternal reward. I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us this morning to reach out to those around us, even in the midst of our distress. Just as Jesus was dying on that cross and was in great suffering, he still saw the needs of others because he was looking for them. You and I, in the midst of all of this, let's be looking at others and their distress and say, how can I help you? Because I don't know about you, but I want to be one of those goats herded to eternal destruction. I'd much rather see an eternal reward. So this morning, would you do me a favor while you sit there at home? Would you just simply close your eyes? bow your heads, whatever you want to do. But I want to make an offer this morning. If you're watching our church online platform, you're going to see something pop up. And it's, it's, this is what it is. If you've never made a decision to live your life for Jesus Christ this morning, we want to give you that opportunity. I know we're completely online this morning. I know this isn't probably the most uh, normal way to do an altar call. But God knows right where you are. He knows your heart. He loves you. He cares about you. If today you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, today you say, God, I'm panicked, I'm scared, I'm full of anxiousness and and worry, and today I want to lay all that at your feet. I want to just say, God, I want your peace. I want your hope. I want your love and your joy during this distressing time. I turn my heart, my life, my will over to you. Jesus died on that cross. Like we said last week, he was forsaken so that we could be forgiven. 
And today, if you want to accept the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and turn your heart, turn your life over to him, if you're watching on that church online platform, you can just click that, I wanna, that button that says, I want to give my life to Jesus. If you're at home and you're raising your hand and you're just listening to the, the, the sound of my voice this morning, would you please let us know that you've made this decision today? And if you are making this decision, the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we will be saved. So right now, wherever you're at, just make that confession. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I thank you for saving me, for rescuing me from all the wrong things that I've done. I don't want to live my life that way anymore. I want to live my life for you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that old things have passed away and all things have become new. So today I want you to know if you're making this decision today that all things are new in your life and you have hope that the best is yet to come. Let me say a prayer over us this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you sent your one and only son to die on the cross for us. And Jesus, we thank you that you made the ultimate sacrifice. You endured the pain, the suffering, and even despite all of the distress and the things that you were going through, you still saw those who were before you that needed you. And not only that, you saw us today, those who were giving their life to you. That's why you went to the cross. You went to the cross for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could find new life, so that the old things would be passed away and that all things would become new. We love you, Jesus. We thank you that you died for us, that you rose again three days later and ascended into heaven. We're not going to be people who are panicked, but we are going to be people who trust in you and in the peace that you freely give us. We love you. We thank you for who you are and all that you've done. And we look forward to all that you're going to do in us, through us, in this church, in our communities, in this nation. God, I thank you that the best is yet to come. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. As we leave this morning and as our, our live broadcast ends and our church online ends, please know that we are here for you. Uh, give us a call, the staff. I don't know what our hours are going to look like moving forward, but we're here for you. Call us, email us. Uh, we love you. We care about you. We are here for you. We believe that during this time that God is still with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And remember, church isn't over when the online service ends. You and I, we are the church. We can be a light in this dark world and shine brightly for all to see. God bless you guys. We'll see you again next week. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.